Roshana Perk Aleph Mishnaches one eight. Now the mission will digress for a moment to discuss, in general, certain people who are puzzle invalid for giving Eidos testimony um, for rabbinic reasons. Now to understand this a little better, I want us to understand there's a machlokus between Abai and Rav and the Gemara over what constitutes a psul doraisa, who is forbidden to be an aid on a Torah level. Now, the base of this is a pasuk, which is Shmos Perk Chav Gimel Pasuk Aleph, which says, Al tashes yadcha im rasha lios eid chamas. The little translation of that pasuk is not to extend one's hand with the rasha, the wicked person, to be a eid chamas, a corrupt witness. There's a drasha made in this pasuk. According to Abaye, anybody who's a rasha is going to be puzzle invalid for being an aide on a doraisa level. And that means the definition is anybody who violates an isra doraisa, a love, something that's prohibited by the Torah, for which there's consequences like lashes or worse, and he does it mazed intentionally, so he is called a rasha, and such a person is puzzle for aidus. According to Rava, he understands that the essential word in that Pasuk is that the Eid Hamas, the corrupt witness, and Rava understands that to be a invalid Eid on a derised level, one must um, be guilty of being a, a Goslon or something similar. He's a thief or robber. He does a specific financial crime. Other kind of crimes, let's say, you know, eating bacon and eggs for breakfast— even if amazed, it wouldn't make a person possible for Aedis, according to Rava. Now, the Bartanura in our Gemara over here, our Mishnah over here, learns like Rava that anybody who does an Avera Medoraisa, unless it's got to do with financial impropriety, is going to be only Pasal Medurabanan. The Halacha, however, follows a Baye, that anybody who does any Isodoraisa, for which the consequences are lashes or worse, and does it bemazed, he knows what he's doing and, and violates it anyways, he'll be puzzled on a derisa level. So to explain this mission, I'm going to explain it according to the Bartanura, like Rav at first, but I'll have to also, because of Halakha considerations, also explain how Abai would learn this Mishnah. So the Mishnah starts out by saying, Elohen Apsulin, the following people are puzzled, they're invalid to be witnesses um, on a rabbinic level. The first is Hamasachik Bakubia, literally, someone who plays with uh, dice. Kubia, of course, analog, uh, cognate of the modern-day word cube, um, referring to referring to uh, dice. But in time of the Mishnah, they didn't use dice as we know them. They used something called, um, I think it's pronounced an astralagus, astralagai, which are uh, like kind of almost kind of cubic ankle bones in from sheep and so on. I say that because the Bartonera specifically says atzamos, they're bones. So that's what it's referring to. And that's the origin of the modern-day dice as we have them today. And they play dice, you know, like uh, games of luck. The idea being, this person is a gambler. And a gambler is puzzle for Edis, at least Madura Banan, according to the Bartonera, who learns, like the Pshat of Ram Bar Chama on the Gemara in Sanhedrin Chavdalad. He is um, really a thief on a rabbinic level. Why rabbinic level? Because... Midoraisa, to be a Gazan, to rob somebody, you have to take their money by force. You have to seize their, their money. And that would make you a thief, Midoraisa. In the case of a gambler, according to this Pshat, 
he's he's actually handing over his money, albeit unwillingly. So when he puts his money down to make a bet, he doesn't intend to lose the money. He intends to get it back. It's called an asmachta. He's just putting the money down, you know, but with the intention of not losing it. So when he actually loses his bet or the wager or the gamble, whatever it is, so then um, it's taken from him, but he hands it over just unwillingly. It doesn't seize from him. So that's not considered gazela on a Dorais level, just a Durabanan level. That's the Bartzanur learns, like Ram Barchama. There is a second shot in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, um, which is the shot that's given by Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis says the reason why a gambler is possible in Durabanan for Adis is because he's not osik bi shal olam. He's not involved in the, literally it means like the settlement of the world, but we're talking about he's not involved in the normal society and normal economy around him. And that being the case, he doesn't have interests that are aligned with the rest of the community. Either it means that he simply just doesn't appreciate what it means to have a hard-earned dollar, and that being the case, he doesn't respect people's money, um, or perhaps just because he doesn't have a stake in society like other people, you know, he doesn't mind if the world collapses and you know goes to hell in a handbasket because he makes his living by uh, by gambling outside that. So therefore, he has no fear of sin or no stake in, in concern with society flowing properly. He's an outsider, and that being the case, he can't be trusted to be an aide to ensure that he's not you know causing chaos intentionally. Whatever the case is, that's how the Bartonura learns that it's a Durabanan psul because he's a gambler. Bamalve Baribis, the second person is someone who lends money to interest. So one who lends money to interest, that's already an Isr de Oraisa. But according to Rava, like the Bartonura learns, that's not being a Goslan. Um, and that not being a thief proper. And that being the case, um, clearly this is a person who is, um, greedy, and his avarice is likely to corrupt him in the context of whatever he's doing in the court, um, because he's doing things that are, you know, illegal to make money. Um, but it's the sort of the equivalent, the modern day equivalent of, say, being a, I don't know, a drug dealer or something, an arms runner. So this is a shady character, um, but not a Gazdan technically, and therefore not a, not Pasal Maduraisa, but certainly Pasal Madura According to Abaye, who holds that it's written Isra Doraisa, Bemazid, Doing such a thing would already make you puzzle Medoraisa. So he's gonna have to learn the scenario is somehow that it's only a rabbinic violation. The simplest explanation would be that he's not charging ribis on a Doraisa level, he's not like sort of setting a price ahead of time that he's gonna charge in terms of interest, but rather he collects some sort of indirect payment, um, which constitutes ribis to rebutton. Like for example, uh, Mr. A lends Mr. B money, and then Mr. A stays in Mr. B's house and doesn't pay him rent. So he's not actually taking money, but he's getting a benefit. That's considered to be Ribis Madura Banan. Um, so such a person would only be possible Madura Banan, according to Abai. Umefriche Yonim. Um, these are dove chasers, dove flyers. So according to the Bartanura, the shot here is very similar to the Masacha Bukovia. These are gamblers, kind of like horse racing. They were pigeon racing. And again, they're gamblers, and therefore they're possible for the reasons we said before. There's another shot in what Mafrichionim are, which would make it not sort of a redundant case in the Mishnah, and that is someone, this is the shot also in Sanhedrin, someone who goes uh, sort of stealing his neighbor's his neighbor's uh, pigeons from their dovecoats. Remember, we learned from Sechas Beta not long ago, if you set up you set up a dovecote in your backyard, essentially a glorified, you know, birdhouse, but like a bird hotel, so the birds will live in your backyard. You never actually made a kidney to pick them up to acquire them. It's not technically not yours. Um... And if someone would chase them away to their backyard, 
They didn't do anything directly with their hands to take anything that was specifically yours. So really, it's not on Darius level stealing. Just the abundant stealing. So that's the second shot that's given on what Mafriche Yona pigeon chases are in the Sanhedrin of Chafei. Okay. Furthermore, the Sochre Shvias, people who do commerce with Shemitah produce, which is an Isra Oraisa, one can't do commercial activities with seventh-year produce in Eretz Yisrael, um, and one who does is considered to be possible for Edis, according to the Baratunura, because this is not a, considered to be a Gazlan, but he certainly is, again, greedy and corruptible and doing things that are, you know, improper for the sake of making a profit, and that being the case, we don't trust him the courts to give testimony because who knows what he's going to do. But um, according to Abaye, you'd have to say this is somehow a Durabanan crime, because again, a Duraisa makes him possible excuse me, uh, if the Isra were an Isra Duraisa, then the would make him possible Duraisa. So, for example, different Pshatim given, perhaps already the Halach of Shvias of Shemitah produce in Eretz Yisrael in the time of the Mishnah is only Durabanan, according to some. According to others, it could be that he didn't do it but maze, he didn't know what he was doing was forbidden, and which would make him not possible Duraisa, and so on. And finally, the Avadim. This is an Evid Kanani, a non-Jewish slave we had mentioned in the previous Mishnah. We were talking about um, the freed slave. Now, an Evid Kanani is puzzle for giving Adis on a Doraisa level. So he doesn't really belong on this list, um, but he's included on this list uh, to make sure things are clear and really to contrast with what we said before. So an Evid who's learned as a Kol Vahomer, all the more so if a woman isn't kosher as a witness, and she is certainly... Um, uh, kosher as a Jew in every way, and welcome to, you know, intermarriage she likes and so on. And Eved, who is not yet a Jew, not a Jew, he's like, uh, whatever he is, he's a half, half, he's a quasi-Jew, it's hard to explain exactly, he's high of a mitzvah, like a woman, but certainly not a woman proper, and not Jew proper, who can't marry into the Jewish community freely, so he's for sure all the more so invalid on a Dorais level to be an aid. Zehaklal, the principle is, the governing principle is, any scenario where a woman can't serve as an aide, these people, these people are possible Madurabanan, or in the case of the Evikanani, even possible Madoraisa for normal testimony, can give testimony where a woman as a single witness could give testimony. So that means in most scenarios, these people are, of course, possible. But there are certain scenarios, like, for example, in the case of a Sota, a woman who already had Kinu and Stira, she was really put on notice by her husband um, not to hang out with a certain man who she suspected to being doing something infidelitous with, and later on she's discovered to be with him. So we would accept even um, the testimony of one woman um, in such a scenario regarding the Sota, because there already is Raglan Ladava, there's already a, um, uh, a, a strong presumption in the matter um, to not allow her to drink from the Mesota, the, the Sota water. And similarly, in the case of stopping a gunos, if a woman lost her husband, and the only people who know what happened to the husband that he died are is someone who's possible with bun or a woman or an evid, so those people could give testimony to confirm the death of her husband to enable her, this widow, uh, to re- remarry as, as a widow.